It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. What's going on? I'm John Hansen. Welcome to another edition of Hansen's Hints here at FantasyPoints.com, the week six, six edition here on the podcast feed and a little bit of a different topic here uh, heading into week number six. I just made a pickup this week and I've been doing this all year and hell, I've been doing this for decades and I picked up a young player who is yet to really do much, but has upside and could pop. And the waiver wire hasn't exactly been that fruitful this year. I say, if you're working that wire, really looking for depth, let's shoot for the upside and hope that, you know, we pick up a little bit of a late half sleeper, second half of the year sleeper. I think when we're looking for needle moving assets here at the skill positions, there are a lot of guys available, you know, veteran receivers. Michael Gallup, I'm sure, is available in your league. Uh, and maybe Michael Gallup gets hot and gets going here. But I think I'd rather bet on young talent, guys who have clearly their best football in front of them. So that is a focus of today's podcast. Now, before we get into that, I did want to pop out a prop bet or two before Thursday night football, the Denver Broncos in Kansas City to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, been doing pretty well on the Thursday props, but got absolutely hosed last week on my guy Darnell Mooney. It is my contention that if Justin Fields made his read a little quicker and saw Darnell movie break open. We could have had a 75 yard touchdown on the first play of the game. Then fields miss Mooney for another possible touchdown. I believe clearly in the end zone and then missed him on another throw. And then he was like, screw this. I'm going to throw it to DJ Moore." and DJ Moore literally had the best game of his life. He'll never, he, he's never had a game that good and he never will have another game that good. And no other wide receiver for the bears Caught a pass. That That is absolutely incredible to me. Uh, so I'm lamenting, I'm venting, yes, but just kind of explaining the process here. You know, Justin Fields did have a huge day uh, throwing the football, and the prop was Darnell Mooney, what was it, 32 damn yards? Like I said, should have had it probably on the first play of the game, but I'm not bitter. I move onward and upward and try and pick a winner for this week, and Last week or, or this week with this matchup, boy, I mean, trying to guess which Kansas City chief receiver other than maybe Rishi Rice will do something is like, I don't know, it's like throw a plastic bag in a hurricane and try and project and guess which, which way it's going to go. I mean, that is where we're at with the Kansas City chief offense and Denver Broncos aren't much better in terms of potentially having a three-man backfield starting this week with Javante Williams, good to go, and off the injury report, and Jaleel McLaughlin showing very darn well, and Samaje Piran. So they've got a bunch of receivers, too, uh, well in the mix. Uh, Greg Dulcich, I guess he's not going to be activated in time, or maybe he will. I mean, I guess that's still possible, but I doubt it. But not a great week to pick an individual skill player like a receiver or even a running back. So... 
I'll go to Russ Wilson in this matchup. There are two different props that I like here on DraftKings. First up, how about Russ Wilson over 219 passing yards? They are 10-point road underdogs here in Kansas City, 10.5. So certainly that uh, is conducive toward, you know, should be a lot of passing for Russ as they play from behind thanks to their awful defense. Quarterbacks are throwing it 37 times a game last four weeks against Kansas City. Russell Wilson in this matchup last year actually averaged 26 fantasy points per game. It was the first game against Kansas City where I had a little bit of an epiphany late last year, and I tweeted, wouldn't it be just like Russ to have one of the worst seasons in recent memory and then outproduce several fantasy studs in the fantasy playoffs? And that's exactly what he did uh, thanks to this matchup, in large part to this matchup. He threw for uh, four touchdown passes in the two games. He averaged 234 passing yards. He actually ran a lot, too, in this one. Four attempts for 42 yards on average uh, when you look at both games. I've got Russ Wilson here with... 37 attempts for 245 yards right now. That's very realistic. Now, the KC defense is quite good, and that certainly could be a problem, but certainly by volume alone, I think Russell Wilson will want to show well on national TV. The Broncos are kind of under the spotlight right now. I'm sure Sean Payton wants to show well. They may be blowing the whole deal up here and trading some key people, but I think Russell Wilson is still a very prideful dude. So he's going to go out there on Thursday night and probably ball tonight uh, to kick off week number six. So let's go over 219 passing yards. Let Russ cook, basically. He's a terrible cook, honestly, but just let him in the kitchen. Let him cook. 219 plus passing yards in week six in Kansas City. And then also, since I do have him attempting 37 passes in the game. Again, quarterbacks are averaging 37 attempts against KC the last four weeks. Let's go with over 32.5 passing attempts for Russell Wilson to kick off week six, a Thursday night winner here. Okay, let's get into the main topic at hand. Honestly, it is a little early in the week for me to offer up a great preview uh, of week six. I'm recording this on Wednesday night. We do have the injury report out for the first time. So we're learning about guys like Darren Waller uh, dealing with what was that a groin issue. Uh, Jordan Addison also, I believe, with a groin. Hopefully these aren't uh, particularly serious, but Um, I've been mentioning this, like, I really don't think I can get hardcore into the matchups until we get out of Friday, until I get like that somewhat comprehensive picture of the injury situations throughout the league. So um, for this podcast, I'm going to do a little bit more like potpourri type of stuff. And like I was mentioning there at the top, by the way, if you're not a subscriber to fantasypoints.com, uh, Gurific 25. I know that was a random interruption there, but Gurific 25, save yourself 25%. I was writing up the players to trade and trade for article. Um, uh, had this little epiphany about Dak Prescott. So I went and I traded for Dak Prescott. You know, that's a story for another day. I actually feel okay about the Cowboys. I know it looks bad 
The new offense is not doing all that well. It's not a surprise at all, but they do have a really, really good schedule. I had a little, little epiphany when I was doing the article about, oh, wow, you know, on the low end, uh, Dak Prescott is a pretty good guy to trade for right now. Uh, and then I realized, oh, wait, my number one league where I drafted freaking Daniel Jones, uh, the ACI <clears throat> from the SiriusXM morning show, I am on the low end. It's a 14-team league, and I traded Dalton Schultz for Dak Prescott. Uh, let's see that schedule real quick. Uh, like this one here this week at the Chargers, by week, then the Rams, Eagles, Giants, Panthers, Commanders, Seahawks, Eagles, ooh, Bills. You know, who knows what their defense will look like by then. Miami, week 16 could be a shootout. And then Detroit uh, in Dallas for all the marbles, I guess, for the ship in week 17. That's pretty darn good. So I did have that epiphany and I picked up Dak. I also had a little epiphany in that league uh, today when I saw that Mike Evans was still out with that hamstring injury and he is an older receiver now. He's 30 years old. You, you do worry. Boy, hamstrings are just running rampant out there in the National Football League. So I did go ahead and pick up a kid who I interviewed on the radio on Sirius XM back in March. He was considered, you know, one of the faster prospects in this draft, but maybe a little raw uh, at a Nebraska, Trey Palmer. So I picked up Trey Palmer because this is a skank league. There's just nothing but trash on the waiver wire, you know, for every Kendrick Bourne. I mean, there's a million Kendrick Bournes. I'm a little disappointed in Kendrick Bourne. I uh, thought the offense, well, didn't think the offense would be an absolute disaster because I do think Kendrick Bourne is good. But for the most part, you know, this these are the type of guys you're looking for when you're looking to add depth in a competitive league, let's say, where, you know, everyone's good, everyone knows everything. And, um, but I do think we find the most upside usually from these, you know, especially higher pedigree players who have yet to pop. Maybe they're rookies, second year players. Something has disrupted their development, but they still were drafted with pretty solid draft capital. I mean, these are the type of players that I think you should be picking up uh, for that stretch run. You know, we'll see if your team can make it. That's the other thing. With all these darn injuries, you, you really do need to have uh, some contingency plans in place. Uh, and I think you should do what I try to do, which is, you know, every league is different. Some leagues, boring picks like K.J. Osborne will will do great for you. I mean, K.J. Osborne is is actually, you know, a pretty good pickup, obviously, this week. But I'm more, I'm more talking about digging a little deeper in competitive leagues. Um, look for the high-end guys, the pedigree guys. So I, I, I've gathered up a small list here of good pickups. Most of these guys are widely available. Uh, so let me run through this here real quick on the week six edition of the Hanson's Hints podcast here on the Fantasy Points stream. And, and by the way, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, throw us a bone. We, we had to, we lost our feed, basically. I don't know what happened. Nobody knows, uh, you know, dealing with Apple sometimes, you know, it's like you might as well be dealing uh, with people from Mars. You know, like you're never going to get a hold of them. But um, we lost that damn feed. We had a really good rating on there, a lot of great reviews. So I would appreciate it if you are tuning into the podcast to go in there and give us a good review, throw us a bone. You don't have to name me by name. Uh, just give me a good review. Give us a good review. All right. Uh, let's go. Certainly not going to go quarterback. Um, I have a couple running backs that I'll mention here. 
that are, I think are maybe at running back, we don't necessarily need to have this high pedigree where I'm going to be talking about some of these wide receivers with a high pedigree. But, well, first of all, obviously my guy, Tajay Spears, maybe got lucky on that touchdown uh, in week number five. But I would argue that luck is the residue of design. And this guy's magic. And when he gets onto the field and touches the football, good things happen. Derrick Henry is very up and down. They may pull the plug on Henry if they're out of contention. I know they're only two and three, so they're a long way to go. But you know, maybe Derrick Henry starts continuing to wear down, and they they just may pull the plug and and turn it over to Spears. And again, if Henry is out again, Tajay Spears is an absolute league winner. Um, here's another guy, uh, Chase Brown, and Joe Mixon's look pretty good. I mean, this is a complete stash and hope for an injury pickup, but they clearly hate everybody there except for maybe chase brown who's starting to play a little bit finally after being inactive uh he's a great kid i I might be a little biased because i I chopped it up with him uh sat down with him at the combine and uh really impressed by this young man uh jacked up me look he had a very pretty good college storied college career really his twin brother in the league uh he was a senior bowl guy i mean not a stud but you can get by with him as a three down guy. And if Mixon is out, Ooh boy, uh, Chase Brown can catch the football. I, I, he clearly is still learning on the job a little bit, uh, but he's, he's kind of a league winning type with volume. If that happens, I, I do know that Frank Pollock, the run game coordinator was really talking him up this summer. So I do think they, they still like him, uh, them themselves, some, uh, Chase Brown. We could talk Keaton Mitchell, you know, he's a, a speedy dude, like Devon A-Chain speed, like uh, he was working to open the week here, heading into week number six. That Raven backfield, though, is a little bit of a quagmire. I probably wouldn't really feel confident about Keaton Mitchell, but, you know, who knows? I mean, we're all looking to catch lightning in a jar. Uh, Eric Gray finally seemingly has moved up in the world here behind Saquon Barkley. He's similar to Chase Brown, another senior bowl guy, uh, decent three down skill set, just certainly not a stud. I think he's probably under Chase Brown in terms of NFL potential, but you know, he's good. He's not bad at all. Uh, you can make you miss a little bit. Good receiver. You know, he's just not a home run hitter by any stretch and, and does lack size and power. Uh, very low end, but how about Zach Evans? Are we really getting by all year with Kyron Williams as our lead back and Ronnie Rivers? I don't buy that. Uh, maybe Zach Evans is having some struggles picking things up, but you know, maybe they go with a bigger, sturdier guy at some point, give him an opportunity and evaluate him. Uh, they are still obviously competitive, but uh, they are two and three, so they're probably not probably not going to make a run. Uh, um, Chris Rodriguez uh, for DC. Like if Brian Robinson goes down, Chris Rodriguez is getting 15 touches a game and he's a big dude who moves pretty well. Uh, friend of the site. We interviewed Chris Rodriguez this summer. Check out our feed for that. But I remember jotting in my notes, at the senior bowl. I mean, I didn't write much what I did write. And it's ironic because I, I didn't know a ton about him out of a Kentucky when I was watching him practice just one of many dudes out there on the field, but I just wrote big dude who looks very comfortable catching the ball. And that was kind of like a story on him uh, this preseason. He su- surprised, I guess, DC about his, re- with his receiving chops. And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I took one note on the guy and that was it. Like, you know, uh, I guess I had read that 
wasn't much of an accomplished receiver, but that was what I noted. But let me move on here to the all-important wide receiver position because there are a ton of uh, good options. Um, certainly Michael Wilson still. I know he didn't have a big game in week five. Uh, another senior bowl, been very high on all year. Another senior bowl guy, and I was very high on this guy. I met this kid too, great kid, Rishi Rice for the Kansas City Chiefs. It's, I mean, Sky Moore, again, I'm baffled, you know, absolutely baffled. Uh, I cannot wait to see how it all unfolds uh, because it's just, it's just fascinating to me because normally when my spidey sense is going off like this, I'm, I'm usually on point, but not this time. But um, I did like Rishi Rice too, and he's clearly gaining the trust of Patrick Mahomes and everybody there, and he's a talented kid. Um, good size, good running after the catch. He was a pretty good route runner. I'm sure he's learning things here, but, you know, looking good. Uh, I still like Jonathan Mingo uh, for Carolina. I know Adam Thielen is going off, but I picked up Mingo. He really does stand out as a, as a guy who could kind of ascend and, and catch fire late in the year and give us a lot to think about in the offseason. He was considered a little raw coming out of Ole Miss there. Another guy I interviewed at the Combine, a uh, very serious young man. No, no problem going to bat for that kid. Um, little Debo Samuel in his game. And he did have a nice game in week four as Bryce Young had to throw it a lot. I mean, obviously, I mean, JSN, uh, he's probably been dropped. Not that I'm expecting the world. Uh, it's exactly what I thought with JSN was we ranked him way below his ADP. I'm not even sure, by the way, Quentin Johnston at this point is a great person for this list, but because he's probably rostered, basically, in, in most leagues. And JSN, though, m- might have been cut. But with the Mike Evans I- injury, um, Quentin Johnston, I'm sure, is rostered in more than 50% of leagues. But again, I'm not totally convinced that Quentin Johnston w- is going to even do anything this year, but he does have a good opportunity. Uh, I wasn't a big Quentin Johnston guy uh, in the draft. Let's move on. A uh, couple of, uh, well, the other obvious guys, Marvin Mims, of course. And there, there are strong rumblings that the Denver Broncos, this is a new ownership group, and they could kind of blow things up here and make several trades, maybe Cortland Sutton, maybe Jerry Judy. You know, maybe they're a little underwhelmed by Judy, already got hurt. You know, I kind of bailed from Judy. I was all in on Judy. And then he had that ankle thing. I'm like, that's it. I, I can't take it anymore. And I, I really don't have any regrets from removing him from my uh, target list. Uh, So there could be a lot of changes here. But look, Marvin Mims is a future in Denver at wide receiver. And maybe Sean Payton wants to get to that future now. Uh, Try and win now with the future because you're playing with the the present, uh, Cortland Sutton, number one, and Jerry Judy, and not really working for the one and four Broncos. Um, Josh Downs, yet another one of my guys from the Combine. Love him. He's been great. He has actually clicked with Gardner Minshew. Here's another name, though. Again, these are, I guess these are all my guys I met at the Combine, but love me some Johnny Mechie. And I I believe uh, Tank Dell was uh, out of practice early in the week. So if Tank Dell can't play, this could be a little bit of an opportunity for John Mechie. He'll probably need like an injury, like a Dell situation or Bobby Trees going down and Robert Woods is hanging in there, but... I mean, there's a great example of a stash. Again, on the very low end, but when in doubt, go with high pedigree guys. Mechie was a really good player at Alabama. 
In fact, ironically, he is a lot like Robert Woods, can play in the slot Z receiver type, can probably play all three spots if you need him. Very good route runner uh, and a great dude. Uh, And that helps. At least it helps me. Um, Then the aforementioned Trey Palmer. Again, when you look at Trey Palmer, I interviewed this guy on Sirius, like I said, back in March, and he was very, very confident. Uh, in a good way, though, it wasn't like arrogant or anything like that. I was like, damn, this guy is uh, pretty sure of himself. Now, he was playing for LSU, you know, so that's obviously a big time program. So, you know, he did go uh, to an SEC program. Uh, not exactly sure why he left, I guess, opportunities or lack thereof. He did play in 2021 there and he had 30 grabs, uh, three touchdowns, but he moved on over to Nebraska, became the go-to guy and had a blow up year. And, you know, again, a little raw, I guess, but he was one of the faster or fastest receivers in this combine. And I, I was taken back by his confidence when I had him on the radio show and lo and behold, first preseason game, touchdown. Second preseason game, touchdown. And this year thus far, dude's got two touchdowns on only nine targets. If Mike Evans is out of the mix, I've seen it. You can clearly see it. Baker Mayfield trusts Trey Palmer. So that's why I picked him up in that 14-team league where there's absolute skank on that waiver wire. Uh, And then we can move on to tight ends and talk about a couple of dudes here at this position and then we'll wrap it up here as I take a, I don't know, it's not a mid-season look. It's almost mid-season, though, in the fantasy regular season for some higher pedigree, young, yet-to-break-out players who will likely be breaking out probably in 2024 or later. But just in case, uh, try and catch lightning in a jar. Uh, not a ton here at tight end. I will go back to Luke Musgrave, uh, who did get a bunch of targets on Monday night, week number five. Uh, Still a work in progress, but hey, scratching and clawing, and he is an intermediate check down option uh, for Jordan Love. It's like Boomer Bust would love. It's like either he throws a bomb or he checks it down to Luke Musgrave, basically. Uh, Greg Dulcich, I was not necessarily feeling him this summer. Uh, Liked him as a prospect for sure. But, you know, I thought he was going to face a steep learning curve there in Sean Payton's offense, and he did. Uh, Adam Troutman there knows the offense. But, you know, if he's activated for this week, I'm not sure. But for the rest of the year, he will certainly have opportunities to make plays. He's like a shot play guy. I think he's pretty good in the red zone, pretty good athlete. Russ seems to throw well uh, to the tight end. And then last but not least... Are we really getting through the whole year with Zach Ertz? I mean, maybe, obviously, he's a warrior, but uh, betting against that, I would look at Trey McBride, uh, another senior bowl guy. I really like him. You know, he did play a little bit more over Ertz in week number five. Uh, Certainly would need a Zach Ertz injury to go uh, to be fantasy relevant, but that is a pretty good option right there. So I'll wrap it up here. That was a quick look at some, you know, stash pickups, if you will, uh, for the stretch run here. When in doubt, bet on talent. Uh, Once again, that prop bet for the Thursday night football game, if you're listening to this after the game, hopefully we don't look like chumps, but we're going to go over 219 passing yards for Russ Wilson 
and over 32.5 passing attempts. Let's double dip it here and uh, go all in basically on Russ running all over the place, scrambling around, playing from behind, which I think he will in Kansas City. That is a wrap. Thanks for listening. Thanks for liking, subscribing, commenting, and good luck in week six. I'll be back with my Hanson's Hints column. Yet to have a losing week on my props, my top five props, by the way. Uh, did get pinched last week and went three and two. It should have went four and one. That Brandon Ayuk prop will haunt me all year. Should have went over the 68 yards, but check that out on Sundays. Uh, the Hanson Sense article as well, uh, covering all the matchups. Until next time, I'm John Hanson, and we'll catch you next time here at fantasypoints.com. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at fantasypoints.com.